tonight's message, be intentional. We're going to be intentional. So number one, for those that have notes, and you're going to fill in your notes, God planned for your peace. And this is from Jeremiah 29, 11. God planned for your peace. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. And we know this. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, if you have the NIV or another version, I know the plans that I have for you, right? And it's, it says plans for welfare, but that just means peace. His thoughts for you are for peace to give you a future and a hope. Amen? So God is a good God. We know that. He is incredible. He is great. He's magnificent. But Psalm 34, 8... Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So we taste and we see how good God really is. We also then, we're, we're blessed because we get to taste and see how good he is, but we also take refuge. And to take refuge is to take shelter. To take refuge is to find that peace in the midst of the storm. To take refuge is to find that safety in the midst of a difficult time. You know where to go. You know, where do you go? You go right to the word of God. You know that you open up that word and you eat that word. You know that his spirit is right there with you as you're reading through that word. You're taking refuge. Say, I'm taking refuge. And I'm blessed. Let's reread that scripture. Psalm 34 and verse 8. I'm going to reread that scripture. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. You know, you could take refuge in many other things, and people do, but we're blessed when we take refuge in the Lord, when we find the Lord to be our hiding place, when we find him to be our safe place. Amen? Amen. So we're always on his mind. It's a thought that we really do need to think about. It's something that is just, it's, it's so great. It's so grand. It's beyond really just really understanding it fully if you just kind of sort of think about it. Like we need to pay attention to the things that God says in his word. Well, we are always on his mind. Literally always on his mind. Psalm 139 and verse 18 says his thoughts towards us outnumber. They outnumber the grains of sand. That's his thoughts towards us. And that's a beautiful thing. That's an incredible thing that God thinks about you that much. He thinks about his created ones that much. That's incredible when I think about that. Can you count? Can you count the grains of sand at the seashore? Can you count? No, of course we can't. We cannot. But And we can't, we can't even understand or fully grasp this unlimited God. There is no limit. He doesn't have limits. He doesn't, his thoughts towards us are limitless. Incredible. Limitless. So we're always on his mind. But the question is, is he always on your mind? Okay. He is always, we are always on his mind, but we need to always have the mindset where he's always on our minds. And that's what he desires. He wants that. Now, can everyone improve in that area? Of course. Of course, right? How can we be intentional about this? 
Well, we can be intentional. What is this message called? But being intentional, right? We can definitely be intentional. You can find creative ways of making this happen. And some of you already know, I can already hear it. Well, you can't do that. That's impossible. Can't have him always on your mind. Well, if God is is, has already done it for you, and you're always on his mind. And if he has also said that I have given you the mind of Christ and that you're to operate in the same spirit that he operates in, then why is it the lack is on your end but not his? Because of faulty thinking. Because we have bought into the culture of this world that you can't do that because you got, well, I got to go to work. Yes, you got to go to work. But when you go to work, you're taking Jesus with you. Yeah, but I got to go to school and I got to study. Yes, but when you're studying and you're going to school, you're taking Jesus with you, aren't you? So should he always be on our minds? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is this an area that we can all improve? And of course, how can we improve? Well, you can ask the Lord for some creative ways. You can set your phone. You can set an alarm on your phone. You can set it for every hour. And after that, every hour when that alarm rings, you can sit there and evaluate. Oh, wait, how much was I thinking of the Lord in that past hour? And you can literally do a litmus test and you can learn how to increase in that area. Whatever God shows you. But you can because Christ does. Amen. Amen. You know, some people go, well, I am. I'm doing that already. I'm doing that. No. Okay. You're constantly telling him of your problems. That's not what I'm talking about. Amen. You're constantly lamenting towards him. You're constantly just, you know, giving a list of all these negative things, complaining towards him. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about decreeing the truth of who he is. I'm talking about letting the word of God come forth out of your mouths because you know the goodness of God and you know the faithfulness of God. And if he says that we are always on his mind, then we're going to delight ourselves in the law of the Lord and say, Lord, train us to consistently give you thanks and praise and let that word come forth. Amen. Amen. So his word stands forever. We know his word stands forever. Isaiah 40 and verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. It never ends. God's word never ends. So if I take the same word, if I take the same word that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, if I just take that one scripture and I continually decree it over my life, is it going to work every single time? Yes, because it is forever. Does it matter that I continually stand on the same word? No, it doesn't matter because it is alive. So I don't care if it's the same exact scripture, but I am telling you his word is forever, and you will stand upon that word, and you will see the fruit of it when it comes forth out of your mouths, right? Amen. So that's Isaiah 40 and verse 8, that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Sometimes adults make it too complicated. Adults can complicate what God says is very simple. Amen. Just switch your thinking. Submit to Christ, right? So it never ends. It never ends. It is endless. God's word is endless. It is unending. It is eternal. And everything else in life, you know, church, has an end date. Everything else in life, right? It has an end date. Our lives, the Bible says they're but a vapor. Our lives are but a vapor. Our relationships here on earth, they're going to end. You know, the day will come. Okay, things change. Things don't remain the same. People move. People die. 
things change. But the word of God never changes. And it has to be our plumb line. It has to be our strength. It has to be our security. Kids grow up, change. Right? And sometimes it's difficult because you want to hang on to the old. Amen? Amen? But he thinks about us consistently, and that is one thing that will never, ever change. And that should bring comfort. So if we're thinking on him, our lives will literally take off. Our lives will turn around. So the next thing, next point, how vested are we in this life-giving word? How vested are we? Okay, sometimes some will ask for prayer, but they don't pray for themselves. And if I ask you, what word are you standing on? Some of you would not even know how to answer me. What scripture are you standing on? I just want you to agree in prayer. Okay, no problem. What word are you standing on? And some of, they look at you like they've never heard such a thing. Well, let me tell you, the reason that some of your lives are in such a crazy, chaotic mess is because you haven't learned to take the word and say, devil, I'm going to do warfare with the word. And so here's the word of God in my life. And you know what? You've come against me. You continually harass me. But I'm taking this word, and I'm going to speak this word out loud. And you're not going to have the same access as you used to have. Some of you would do yourself such a service if you would just hear this one point and actually walk it out. So if we're going to say I'm praying for something, but then you ask yourself, what word am I going to pray? And nothing comes to mind. We need to go back to the word of God. And we need to open up that word, and you need to highlight it, and you need to write it out someplace. You need to stick it on your rearview mirror. you got to put it somewhere where you'll see it. What are you standing on? And you can ask yourself that question. Well, in this area, well, in my health, in my finances, with my children, what are you standing on? We're never going to grow. We're never going to receive the things that God has for us if you can't answer that question. If you can't say, oh, my goodness, yes, I am standing on the word of truth. Yes and amen, absolutely. I already know the word says the grass withers, the flowers fade, but his word is going to stand forever. And so I'm standing on that truth. I know that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper, so I command that devil to go right now. Yes, Father, yes, Lord. Surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me. I stand on the word. We're standing on the word of God. So no matter what comes against us, we're going to say no. No, because he anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. I don't know who you're talking to, and I think you've forgotten who I am, but I haven't. Amen. Some of you just need to be put into remembrance. Don't forget who you are. You're a blood-bought, literally, you're a blood-bought carrier of the kingdom of God. Like whom did God ever give such an incredible, beautiful gift but his own creation, his own people? That he made in his image and in his likeness. So some of the church is getting beat up because they are not standing on truth. They're standing on circumstances. And they're saying that they're standing on truth. But if you ask them, what word are you believing for? They have nothing to tell you. Wow, it got really quiet in here. And you know what? If, if the quiet is because you feel the conviction, praise God. If the quiet is because you're feeling, wow, Lord, there's some work I need to do in this area. Praise God. Because if this message 
spurs you on to walk in the truth, truly the truth, not what you just think is truth, not just, oh, you, oh, I have faith for it. I have faith for it. I have faith. Great. But faith has legs. It has to be anchored. Amen. Try it. Trust me. Try it. Amen. Some of the most faithful, genuine people that love God and have given everything won't do this. And they walk in worry. And they walk in so much pain. They walk in frustration. They walk in so much anger. They walk in all kinds of chaos. And they don't understand why. But I'm telling you right now, you've been lied to. And the devil found a way to keep the truth from you. But let every ear hear. Let every eye see and understand that this is not difficult. It's just a new way of thinking. It is just a new way of thinking for some, not everyone. Many of you, this is how you walk. You pray it. You speak it. You live it. You dream it. It comes out of your mouth. The word of God does. It just flows. It just flows. And for others, it's not there yet. Let this message be that which is going to encourage you to change. You don't come to church so that you can just leave the same way. I hope not. You come to church so that you can literally have something that you go, wow, you know what? I'm going to chew on that and I'm going to change. There needs to be change. The devil's counting on you not changing, but there needs to be change. There needs to be some things in us that go, wow, I was awakened to this. I don't know why I never saw it before. That's usually how it happens. Wow, I, didn't, I can't believe I didn't see it before. It's so simple. Yeah, because the devil blinds us. He, he's, he's the master deceiver. He will blind the church from literally walking in the truth. But there's freedom. There's freedom in this. Why? Because it, this word will never change. And so when you walk into your son or daughter's room, or when you go to your place of business, or when you go to your, to your school or wherever it is that you go, and you see the opposition all around you, you can literally rise up, and you should, and you can say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority right now over all of this chaos, for what I bind is already bound here in heaven. What I loose in, here on earth is loosed in heaven heaven. And then when you do that, you say, Satan, you must go. I command you to go. I apply the blood of Jesus upon you. You have no access point here. I command you to go. Scatter. Destroy all of your works. You must submit to me. Mm -hmm. The devil must submit to you. When you know that the devil must submit to you is when you walk in a way that he submits. But when you're still a little bit shy in that area, not fully convinced, or think, well, I'll get there someday. My faith will rise there someday. It's not there yet. Well, you just bought a lie. Because God's not slowly kind of measuring out his spirit. Let's see how much they can handle. Let's, let me just give them a little bit more. Let me see if they, how much they can they handle. You've got the fullness of God's spirit on the inside of you. What are you doing with it? Amen. What are we doing with it? What are we doing? We have to take authority. We must take authority. You can't take authority with your mouth shut. You can't take authority with, with your mouth shut hoping somebody else is going to do it. The, the devil can't read your mind. But he can hear your voice. Yes, he can. 
So we must be people that are vested in the living word, the logos, the living word of God. And you go, but I tried that and it didn't work because I'm still in a mess. My life is still a mess. Hey, you know what? First of all, the problem here is you don't try it. You believe it and you walk in it fully. You're not trying it like you're trying a new pair of shoes. Do I like them? Do they fit? Right color, wrong color. That's ridiculous. We don't try the word of God. We are fully convinced. We must be fully convinced that if he said it, it is so. Right? So number one, let's get rid of this I tried idea. Because that's not of God. Okay, number two, you go, I've done that. Still a mess. Everything is still a mess. Well, wait a minute now. What's your perspective? Like, what are you looking at? Because your eyes may be on the wrong thing. Because God doesn't lie. God is truth. Right? And so maybe, just maybe, you were looking at a certain thing because you're like, okay, I'm standing on this word. Now this must change. This must change. But God changed all these other things, but you were so stubborn and so insistent that this one area and you couldn't see everything God gave you. We, have, we, we get to learn. We must learn. We must learn this. We take authority. You better believe things shift and change. You may not see everything with your natural eyes. It means nothing. It means nothing. Because we're not moved by what we see. We're moved by what we know. And we know this word to be true. So the devil was banking on you looking at the wrong thing, focusing on the wrong thing, so that although so much was done when you took authority, demons were cowering. They were like little just imps just kind of walking away, but you couldn't see any of them because you were focused on, yeah, but why did this one thing not change? And so the person that was at a loss was you because you lost your joy. You lost your peace. You lost your purpose. Then you started to get sick. Then you, all these things, it just, it just starts to spiral. You guys know what I'm talking about. Because I think we've all experienced this from time to time. And especially until you've learned, wait a minute, you know what? First of all, I'm going to count it all joy, right? I'm going to count it all joy. But not only that, I'm going to look to see that which is good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proclaim that. It's just a shift in our thinking. It's a shift in our thinking. I'm going to look to see that which is good. I'm going to look to see what God's done. I'm not going to look to see what I thought he should have done on my timetable. Because usually it's our timetable that we insist in that stubbornness. No more. No more. We're going to look to the Lord and say, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to praise you no matter what. I'm going to praise you in the midst of this pain. I'm going to praise you in the midst of this chaos. But I destroy that chaos. I command it to go. Now you act as if it's already gone. And you start praising. And the devil's like literally just scratching his head going, why are they praising? Don't they see so and so? Don't they see such and such? Are they deceived? Are they blind? Oh, no, devil. The only one deceived and blind is you. We need to learn to stand on God's word. Because his word is his voice to us. People go, I can't hear the voice of God. His word is his voice. I don't know about you, but that's one of the most beautiful things in my mind. His, his word is his voice to me. Pain and sickness in our bodies, you know what? We're going to stand on the word of God. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded 
but Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's what the word of the Lord says. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We are healed by the stripes that Jesus bore on his body. We are healed, already healed. Doesn't matter if you see it, feel it, understand it. Doesn't matter what the doctors say or don't say. We are healed. We stand healed. We stand whole. Completely whole. Amen? In Matthew 8, 17, he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. He took them. Listen to this word. Matthew 8, 17. He himself. So Jesus himself. You're either going to be the recipient of this promise or you're not. So I want you to hear this. He himself took our infirmities. Who took them? Jesus took them. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Means he carried them. Means he put them upon himself. If he, if he already bore our sicknesses, why are you trying to still carry them? Why are you professing them? Why are you saying, well, I have when this goes, when this goes, when this changes, when this is gone? No, he's already taken them upon himself. So you shouldn't be claiming that which God says I already took it from you. It takes faith, doesn't it? And it takes an understanding that we are supernatural beings and we get to walk in a supernatural way. And it's not denial, it's truth. This is truth because the word of God is truth. And you know, he doesn't want you, he doesn't only want you healed. He wants you free. Some of you are healed, but you're still not free. Some of you are healed in your bodies. You're still not free in your minds. There's a difference. See, the Bible says that we're to walk in wholeness. True healing is when we're whole. So it's not just a physical manifestation that we're looking at but the whole the whole package body soul and spirit look at luke 4:18 to proclaim liberty it means freedom to the captives wherever there is captivity it is your job to proclaim liberty it is your job jesus proclaimed liberty it is your job to proclaim liberty, which is the word of God. You're going to set yourselves free. Some of you, like I said, are healed, but you still need freedom. But you can set yourself free. Some of you are getting free just by hearing the word tonight. Some of you are realizing, my goodness, wait a minute. There are some, some lies that are they're literally breaking off of me tonight. There were some strongholds that are breaking off because the word is like a hammer. It's going to destroy the places of captivity. So if your mind is not set on this word, it's never going to proclaim the truth. That's why I'm making such a point about setting your mind on the word and letting the word come forth. Because if it's not, it's never going to do what? Proclaim. Jesus proclaimed. Jesus came to set the captives free. He spoke it. What well, we need to speak it. Your faith will rise up to the level of your voice. Amen. So what you say, right? So if you keep on saying something, you start to believe it. Your faith will rise up to that literal thing. And that's what the word is. When we hear the word, faith comes by hearing. And hearing, right, by the word of God. So in other words, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. When we continue to hear the same old thing, then faith starts to arise on the inside of us. 
And when faith starts to arise on the inside of us, we know that we activate things with the sound of our voices. We literally speak it. And captives are set free, even if that happens to be you. So there's a lot more power that you have within yourself than maybe some of you knew. But in Romans 3, 4, Romans chapter 3, verse 4, says, let God be true and every man a liar. So if what you're saying doesn't line up with the word of God, let God be true and every man a liar. Let's say that word, that scripture together. Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a liar. So we're going to make sure that our words are consistent with the truth and not the lie. So it takes some work, doesn't it? It takes diligence, of course. But we have the Spirit of God helping us. He, he, he's, he's literally equipping us. So the, the lie is found in everything that you say that doesn't match with his words. So here's an example of a lie. I can't do this anymore. Lord, forgive us whenever we have said that. I can't do this anymore. I already see smiles and people going, oh, no. So we don't want to say that because if God has called you to something, then who are you to say, I can't? Because what you're really saying is, I won't. It's really just stubbornness. Stubbornness is like idolatry. Having an idol? Yes. That's what stubbornness is likened unto. Some of you are going, oh, my goodness, I didn't know. Well, now you do. Now you do. So when you know something, you're also accountable to do something about it, right? So the lie, I can't do this anymore. No, actually, you're saying I won't do this anymore. But if God's called you to it, if God has said this is where I want you to be, I don't want to do, but if God's called you to it, if God has placed you there, who are you to say, I'm done? Ooh, it's getting really quiet. I'm stepping on all kinds of toes, and it's good. You'll thank me later when you don't have to go around that same mountain. You'll thank me later when you don't have to see the destruction that was sent against you because the enemy was banking on your disobedience. Did I not tell you this was an apostolic church and we're going to be called to more? So we're going to all listen to the truth. And we're going to all change. I'm done. I quit. I mean, I know many of you have heard, or maybe you yourselves said it, well, you've heard somebody say, I quit. Well, you know, in me, when I hear that, my blood boils. In other words, I'm like, uh-oh. Not like in anger. Like, it's, it's frightening. It's frightening. Because if he is the potter and we are the clay, who are we to tell the potter how you should be doing this and the time frame. Amen. Who are we to tell the potter what our lives should look like about this point in time? Yeah, we got to stop and think about these things. We have to stop and think about these things because you know what? The, the, the people that get robbed are the people that don't stay centered on the truth when it's painful when it hurts, when it takes in our minds too long, right? 
and then they get robbed, they get stolen from. But it doesn't have to be you. You can hear the word of truth and you can learn and you can stay in the center of God's will. I know God is speaking to so many of you right now. Come on, everyone just smile. Go ahead, just smile for a moment. It's gonna be all right. Say, I'm gonna be all right, I'm gonna breathe. She's gonna be done eventually. No, it's not like that. Because the word that I'm speaking is gonna continue to be in your ears. You're gonna dream it. You're gonna wake up thinking about it. You're gonna walk down the street and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I just keep hearing the same thing she said. It's just not leaving me. Because it's the Holy Spirit telling you this. So I don't sugarcoat things. Because the Lord loves you too much. And he doesn't want any of you to fall for the lies that are all, they're present. They're all there. Romans 9 and 20. Talking about the potter and the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it? Why did you make me like this? Meditate on that portion of scripture for a while. And it really puts us in a place of submission, which is so beautiful. Submission to the living word is beautiful. And you know, submission to the word of the Lord determines the amount and the quality of fruit in your lives. It, it determines when you're submitted to Christ. And I don't mean like, I'm submitted. Yeah, I'm submitted to God. No, I'm talking about like fully with your attitude right. It's because some, some just need an attitude check. When the kids are little, we used to tell them it's an attitude adjustment about ready to come. <laughs> but sometimes it just needed a little bit of an attitude adjustment, right? So we need to make sure we adjust our attitudes. Like we need to make sure that our attitudes are, we're not just saying I'm submitted, but we're saying it with such an attitude. It's like, guys, we serve a holy God. We serve a holy God. And he says in his word, be holy, because I'm holy. So too much of the church is so afraid to speak truth because they're afraid somebody will leave. Well, you know that's not this church. So many of the church, they're afraid to speak the truth, but then you've got so much mixture everywhere you turn. You can't tell what's what, good, bad, and different. It's just a mixture. No, guys, Satan is banking on that. We're called to walk in holiness. We're called to walk in purity. We're called to walk in truth. There's joy in this. There's provision in this. There's safety in this. There's promotion in this. There's all, there's every good thing in this. But does it, but does it cost you something? Well, of course, and it costs Jesus everything. So we can just stop right there. So your submission to the living word determines the amount and the quality of fruit in your lives. Your character determines your fruit. And your submission to God changes your character, and it ends up producing good fruit. And I know that's what we all want. We all want good fruit. So we're going to learn how to keep the word fresh within us. This is what we're going to learn. We're going to learn to do this, and you're going to learn to do, to do this by asking the Holy Spirit throughout the week, Lord, what should I be thinking about? Lord, what scripture should I be attaching to this quote-unquote problem? What scripture should I be attaching my, my prayer to? And then open up your word and let God direct you and attach that scripture. Prove God. His word will never return unto you void. Because, you know, even if you don't see the circumstance change in one, one minute or two, you'll change. 
And that's the most important thing, is that when our perspective changes and lines, aligns with the word of God, then at that point, the devil is completely destroyed. There's no, there's no open door. There's literally no access point for him. So we should not be, oh, so focused on the devil and so afraid of the devil and so, and so um, you know, impressed by the devil. You got people that are impressed by the devil. It's ridiculous, it's sad, but it's true. But we should be so impressed by the word of God. We should literally see, wow, what riches we have in store for us. This is incredible. Lord, I don't see that word, you know, uh, manifested in my life yet. Well, I'm going to hang on to it. I'm going to speak it out because it's going to, because God is not a respecter of persons, right? So this should be the most exciting and the most inviting message that you've heard in a long time. If you realize the depths of who you are called to walk like, which is Christ himself. So, what scripture have you thought on this week or even today? What word has God spoken to you to meditate on when you were frustrated, when you were annoyed? What word? What word did immediately quickened in your spirit? If the answer is nothing, then this message is for you. If the answer is, wow, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I just cried out to Jesus. Jesus, that's good. But if the word didn't come up in your spirit, this message is for you. I believe this message is for all of us. So, and my last point, if God thinks of me day and night, night and, and night and day, and we know that he does, right? We know that we need to do the same, right? So the only way to victory in any area of your life is to think about what he thinks about. Out of the 66 books in the Bible, you mean to tell me you can't think of one scripture to, <laughs> to come to your mind? Right? When we look at it like this, right? So we're going to let this word literally speak forth out of us. Again, we started with Jeremiah 29, 11, And we're going to end with Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. This is your heavenly father speaking this to you. He says, I know the thoughts or the plans, right? Same thing. That I think towards you. You don't know all of them, but he says, I know them all. And then he goes on to describe some of them. He says, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And some of you have lost hope. But God says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, and it's to literally give you a future and a hope. God is not mistaken. He is not a liar. He is not confused, right? He, he's, he's not scattered in his thinking. He doesn't say one thing and then do something completely different. And that's a beautiful thing. He's got his thoughts for you. His thoughts for you. They outnumber sand at the seashore. So his thoughts are his intentions. His thoughts are his intentions for you. His intentions, well, it's his will. His intentions, it is his will. His will is accomplished in the lives of those who partner with him. So in a moment, a few moments, we're going to separate. We're going to go our own ways. Well, you have an opportunity to put this word to, to practice. You literally have an opportunity. When we leave, you have an opportunity to literally respond, and not just one time, but throughout the weeks, right? So right now, I'm going to have you take a moment, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what scripture do you want me to stand on even just when I walk out? 
Because I'll tell you right now, for some, the enemy will come and snatch away what was just planted if you let it. So I decree it's been planted on good soil, good ground, hearts that are ready to receive, hearts that are not double-minded, right? I decree that it's literally found a way on good soil, good ground, good hearts, so that the enemy can't steal. We need to stand on the truth. His word will never return void. It's never going to fade away. It's always going to remain consistent. Always going to remain the same. Always will be working on our behalf.